Welcome to Real Money Talks, how to make money, manage money, and invest money. Your Real Money Talks host, Laurel Langmire, gets straight to the point about what it actually takes to make money and build lasting wealth in today's changing economic climate. If you're ready to get the financial results you've always dreamed of, keep listening. Real Money Talks is the right place for you. And now here's your host, Laurel Langmire. Hi, this is Laurel. Welcome back to Laurel's Real Money Talks podcast. Come hang out with us. We're having amazing conversations about money, how to make money, keep money, invest money, and the most diverse, straightforward, unfiltered conversations on the planet. Mm-hmm. Today, I have a dear uh, friend and client, and uh, she sent us the greatest wedding gifts. That's why I'm going to introduce you. <laughs> so uh, she sent my husband and I just over a year ago a wedding present to uh, come see her. I love it. So to use her it's, gift, I have to That come. doesn't make it sound very exciting. No, but I know. But like, well, I'll let, you, I'll let you tell a little bit about who you are. But Heather Pierce Campbell's with me today. She's a lawyer. She's brilliant. And how to keep your money and organize uh, relationships in business are critical. So welcome, Heather, first of all. Thank you. So and now you here. you can tell your side of the gift. So to me, it was a brilliant way to have me come visit you. But she also is part of a restaurant. Her father owns one of the greatest Western stores and I'm a cowgirl with my cowboy boots and belts. So introduce yourself and talk about this fun present. Okay. That's where we got closer. Yep. So I'm Heather, an attorney and legal coach based in Seattle, Washington. I am the founder of Pierce Law and an online company called The Legal Website Warrior, which you can find a, a bit more information Go ahead. out yeah. at uh, legalwebsitewarrior.com, just how it sounds. Um, so the gift I gave to Laurel which was a fun one to give because it's hard when you think about somebody like Laurel who can get her hands on anything, right? What do you give a person like this? And so this was really about the gift of experience mm-hmm. because this experience can't be duplicated other place, any other place in the yeah. world, let alone the U.S. Um, and it is. My dad runs a company. It's called Hamley's. It's based in Pendleton, Oregon. It's the oldest saddle-making company in America. That's so cool. And just a long, huge tradition of like quality leathersmiths and craftsmen behind the brand. Um, the joke used to be that cowboys would sell their horses to get out to Hamleys on an annual basis to buy a new saddle. I love it. <laughs> so, anyways, it has now um, both a Western store side and a restaurant side, and they're both pretty fabulous. And it basically takes up a city block and it's a really fun experience, live music and all this stuff. So, so we can't wait to use it. That's It'll right. We wanted to get Laurel out there and give her some gift, gift cards to enjoy the experience. Yeah, I can't wait. So let's talk about, uh, you know, you've been in our community for a while and we've working on your website mm-hmm. and I'm just going to kind of throw it out there in my vernacular that I think, you know, it's going to be highly competitive to LegalZoom, right? Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of generic stuff and yours is mm-hmm. specialized. So one of our specialty conversation I asked her to speak with us about, which I think is critical, 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 and there's not a lot of good work about it, Mm-mm. is in uh, what I always say in my books, I'll say, design your business divorce while you're in love, right? <laughs> so we're 
going to talk about the business divorce, more specifically a business contract. Like right. there's so many people I think are so old fashioned. Let's just do a handshake. Let's do a handshake. Mm-hmm. Well, you end up in court. Handshakes don't matter. It's the paperwork and it's the signatures and it's the timing. And so I asked Heather to go through several steps, absolute essential critical steps when you're designing a business relationship, what should be in that contract? So. Absolutely. And you can tell Laurel is speaking from experience. <laughs> been through this a few times. Um, unfortunately, it's often what people learn the hard way, right? Yeah. But some people learn it the right way. So um, essential to a well-drafted business contract is first that it reflects the actual arrangement. So what happens is a lot of times, and people will come to me with this all the time, well, can I use this version? I already had this or a friend gave it to me or I found it online, right? Unless it is a contract that is really tailored to your specific niche or yep. your business, can sometimes contracts do more harm than good because they insert provisions that really don't apply in your scenario. So the first thing, absolutely the most important, is make sure that the contract you're using is actually reflective of the arrangement that you're putting in place. Okay. Because a contract is only as good as the language it contains, including the clarity including the fact that it actually reflects a material meeting of the minds. Critical for a contract to be upheld. So how do people that are listening, I mean, they hear that. Mm-hmm. So there's some steps on how to get to that. Like one mm-hmm. of the things I do with a lot of you know my students, because I'm helping them do this a lot, is to have each party go on their own, on their own mm-hmm. and say, this is what I'm doing, this is what they're doing, mm-hmm. and this and is what compare. I'm expecting, and then compare. And it's shocking as a first activity it is. to come back, and they're so far off. No, that's absolutely right. And you really do break it down to the basics, that kind of an activity. And from, I mean, if you want to think about it just from a really basic perspective, essentially what you need in a contract is the who, what, where, why, how, right? Mm -hmm. It's asking all the questions about that scenario. Who's involved? What is it regarding? Who's paying for what and how much and when, right? So when's the timeline for both the delivery of whatever is happening under the contract and the payment and where, right? So a lot of people get themselves, especially in modern business and um, both interstate and international commerce, not thinking about where, both on the delivery end or on the dispute resolution end. If you haven't dictated what law governs and where it's gonna be resolved. It's really Critical for a business. Yeah. So speak a little bit about like just from a, I I know you you can't put your legal hat on in this interview, (laughs) but do you have advice for people? um, Like I do everything I can to have the law come to Nevada because I love Nevada law. And uh, a lot of times my partners will want it in their state or they'll want it where they are. And I do everything. So that's just me because I'm me and I know a lot. But what advice would you give for, you know, two people that are out there going, let's do a, you know, a catering business together, a restaurant to business, mm-hmm. a fitness and nutrition business together. What should they, how do you decide? So it's a great question because this scenario comes up often. And, and in, in that example, let's say you have two people based in different states, each contributing different things to a specific business. You might have a clause that on the dispute resolution side first allows or even requires mediation that mm-hmm. can be done telephonically or over the web so that neither party oh, has to travel Yep. Mediation, if it's if it's entered into in good it faith, it can be done on the web. Yeah, there, no way. there, I didn't know there that. are some modern services, and they really developed initially in response to the needs that we face in international commerce, which is that people are often entering into contracts that are not always necessarily 
um, at a level, at an amount that requires somebody should travel internationally to resolve something, right? Yeah. So parties are less willing to do that. And yet, if you have a straightforward uh, process that you can follow online, handled by companies that now specialize in mm -hmm. dispute resolution, yep. you know, especially for smaller consumer matters, you can do that all day long as a company and save your bottom line and serve your clients and customers well. So there are some that. things evolving in law that are really helpful for interstate and international commerce. But one That's is shocking. to try mediation. It's successful 90% of the time when people use it the right way. Well, hey, what do you think about arbitration? Um, arbit and, and first of all, describe the difference between yes. arbitration and mediation. because Super important, yep, yeah, that we back that up. So you obviously, most people know what litigation is, right? That happens in open court. Documents are generally publicly filed unless there's a reason for them to be sealed under court order. Um, that is not generally the preferred alternative of most businesses. And here's why, is it's public record and yeah. it's very expensive and time consuming. And you don't necessarily have a lot of control over how litigation goes because the costs of litigation are driven always by the most unreasonable party. And you can end up with somebody on the other end of the line that wants their day in court. And even if you're a reasonable business owner, mm -hmm. you may have to see them all the way to the litigation, all the way to actually getting to court. Mediation is a neutral is a neutral process, meaning that it's generally not mandatory unless you have a contract clause that requires it as a first step. That's what I do. That's right. Everyone of mine have arbitration mediation. Let's solve it before. That's right. And mediation is a good first step because one, it's less expensive than either of the other two options. Parties generally share in the cost, and it can be done from multiple locations. Um, and like I said, if you enter into mediation yep. in good faith as a party, you actually have a very high rate of resolution. So why, why is that, by the way? Um, because generally the nature of disputes is that people do not budge until they feel heard. This is just human nature. And in mediation, the whole process is around, is actually built around recognizing that human need and helping the other side feel third, I mean, feel heard through a third party neutral. So mm -hmm. that's who manages the mediation, right? I haven't yet said that part. You have a third party neutral that's generally a qualified attorney, former judge, various people get into the um, position of a mediator, but they usually are very experienced in the area of law that you need, right, to help resolve your dispute. So mediation is extremely successful and it's less expensive. I mm -hmm. always recommend it as a first route. Okay. Um, arbitration, on the other hand, think of arbitration as essentially a modified version, a, a really less formal version of trial, mm -hmm. going to litigation, and it's a private process. Those documents don't get published in court, they're not part of the public domain, and so it tends to be a great alternative for businesses that want to keep a dispute private. Yeah. Or the other thing that I will often recommend is if, for example, and I'll draft this into a lot of contracts that I draft, is if you have elected mediation as a first step and it doesn't work, and you can tell that the party on the other side, for example, is going to be one of these people that, or parties or businesses that falls into the extremely unreasonable category. There are some. There are some. Mm -hmm. I usually have an arbitration election that can be made by either party within a certain time frame following mediation. That's great. What that means is you can use mediation and make your best effort to get something settled and if it doesn't work, you're not necessarily stuck with litigation if you make that election into an arbitration. So right. then it keeps the 
It not always, but it generally keeps your costs a little bit lower than what they would be in litigation because an arbitration generally involves an arbitrator that is either an experienced attorney, often former judges that are pretty decisive, mm -hmm. right? And, and arbitration is binding, absent and obvious, um, essentially an obvious either error in law, even then it's, it can be hard to get those overturned. Essentially, if they do something extremely outside their authority as an arbitrator, you can sometimes have an arbitration decision right. looked at by a court, but mostly they're binding. It's a really high hurdle to overcome. So it is a great option yep. for businesses. So, um, so, so far, uh, just again, you're listening to uh, Laurel's Real Money Talks with Heather Pierce Campbell. We're talking about, you know, how do you do business contracts? So um, a contract that reflects the agreement has the who, where, when, how, all of the terms. Uh, and the one that I'm really, you know, really a stickler about with, you know, now in my own folks, but is who's handling the money, whereas the bank accounts, yes. the assets, I mean, in a rental agreement, uh, like I've had property management companies, like multiple people, very designed, you know, people have the rental, the key to the post office where the rent goes, you know, right. so many people forget simple little things like that. And then a fight happens. And all of a sudden the person with the key is withholding all the rents. I mean, simple stuff like no, it's that. True. And down to the details, like if you have a payment changing hands, is mail okay? Is it a direct deposit? Is it credit card? You know, how is the payment going to happen? By what date is it going to be received or paid? And essentially by what mechanism, right? So it's, you do have to really dig into the details if you want a contract that is clear enough to be um, upheld. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So what other things should they be thinking about? So the thing about doing a business contract, um, the one place I really want you to spend some time on is their business divorce. Absolutely. So I, I mean, you're going to outgrow each other. You're going to trend out. Somebody's going to get married. Somebody's going to move. Somebody's just going to get sick of it. So I, I always say like, Assume 100% of the time you're going to have a business divorce. It's going to end and you want to be friends afterwards. How would you design the exit? That's kind of my frame for it. So what would be some real legal structures? Like how do you get out clean? Because yeah. I think so many people, I mean, you know, you've been around my world enough that I just won't do it again. I've had the worst partners yes. and it's like, yeah, but it wasn't designed well. Yes. I've had tons of partners and I'll have more partners. No, it's absolutely right. And it's, it's like falling in love and getting married. Most people don't <laughs> do it anticipating divorce, right? And that's the same thing that you see at the start of businesses. And um, unfortunately, most of them do come to an end, especially yep. in business, right? It's a much actually greater likelihood even than <laughs> divorce, yep. as high as divorce is. But um the reality is that even if you cannot dig into the details of spelling out, for example, how distributions will be made, how costs will be shared, how you unwind the business, yep. and just like you're building a partnership together, yep. you have to basically walk backwards through those steps on the unwinding, right? Um, so how are you going to have the value of your business assessed? Do you bring in an appraiser or do you force a sale? Right. And a lot, some of this will depend on state law and other things, um, and what the contributing factors are to the split. But even if you can't dig into those details, which I highly recommend you do yeah. <laughs> only because it helps to actually strengthen both the roles going into a business and what each of the business partners are going to be doing, yeah. right? Having like very real conversations with each other. But um, it just makes an ending that is peaceable, 
much more likely if you've addressed it in advance than if you're suddenly caught in the middle of a tough ending and you have to fight about it when feelings are pretty hot. Um, and if you can't dig into the details, the next best thing is to actually outline a resolution procedure that oh, you're willing good. to follow. Ah, so whether it's designating good. a third-party expert, whether it's just agreeing to take it to, you know, somebody yep. that you mutually know in the industry that you trust with a, yep. um, a neutral decision, or whether, again, you opt into, for example, mediation or something that will allow you the opportunity to work that out with guidance from an expert. Sometimes you can di dictate the process and agree to that, even if you can't agree to the details. Yeah. And yeah, then you put there the are... details in somebody else's hands. Yeah. But just some things to think about, just because I'm I'm in the middle of a very complicated it's a one really right important now, question. which is who gets the database, who gets the URL, who yes. gets the customers that are like active, how do they get transacted out? There are so many little details, to, and and I love your resolution process. I haven't used that one a lot because there are so many. It's there's a timing to the end. Like yes. you know, I'm I'm ending one right now. It just didn't work out. We got into it too fast. We all knew it was fine. Um, they're being really mean about it, but they're my clients and my clients need to be taken care of. So I don't mm -hmm. need to do the fulfillment. But anyway, the, like the timing, what I'm realizing is depending on when the divorce happens, you could have clients in process. You could have all sorts of things. So I love your resolution. Uh, you know, just your third party, have somebody help us out. That's great. And you can also on that, you can dictate timelines that certain decisions will be made within certain time frames. Another reason being That's that. Great you never know necessarily what the influencing factors are in your business partner's life that could have them on a totally different page than you are. So outlining in advance what a time frame is going to be, what resolution could look like, even if you haven't spilled out all of the details. Yeah, yeah, because some of those too, like another timing issue, and uh, you know, with our dear friend Sean, right? I mean, is death happens. So um, like in a business partnership, I don't want to be with the significant other's you know, spouse is my partner. No, dealing with nor, that. Nor do I want, you know, my partners to have to deal with my significant mm -hmm. other. So there's all sorts of, I mean, designing a divorce, a business mm -hmm. divorce is, is complicated, mm -hmm. really complicated. And, uh, uh, but I wanted today just to kind of be a moment where you could go through the checklist. So again, uh, just so I can correct me if I'm mm -hmm. not summarizing properly, Heather, but you uh, have an agreement, a contract that reflects the agreement, you know exactly who, where, what, when, what, like how, mm -hmm. uh, where the money's going to be held, is it mediation, arbitration to stay away from litigation, and then the ending, you know, whether it's a resolution procedure or some sort of ending, but be really clear, and I'm going to speak specifically to women, women yeah. rush into the girlfriend conversations so frequently, and then, uh, you know, either it doesn't go anywhere or you don't know how to well, get Well, truthfully, it. men do it too. They do the handshake conversation. Oh, that's right on the golf course. It's different. <laughs> they do the handshake conversation, and I see that a lot. But um, they, you know, women are definitely will work harder to preserve a relationship mm -hmm. ahead of business, yeah. for sure. So, Heather, thank you for being with us. You're and uh, again, uh, your website is? Uh, legalwebsitewarrior.com. Okay. So at any time, remember, you go to asklaurel.com, give me your name, phone number, and email if you'd like an appointment with her directly. Obviously, you know, I can super, supercharge that. And if you want more conversation, you know, we can grab 8, 10, 12 of you and maybe 100 of you. We all go to a webinar together. Absolutely. And uh, bring some conversations to this. So I hope you enjoyed this today. And this is Laurel with Laurel's Real Money Talks. And uh, we'll be back on another podcast shortly. Have a great day.
Thank you for joining Laurel for this segment of Real Money Talks, how to make money, manage money, and invest money. To continue this new conversation and to find free resources to support your wealth creation, visit asklaurel.com forward slash podcast gifts. That's A-S-K-L-O-R-A-L dot com forward slash podcast gifts. Thanks for listening and join us again soon. New episodes are released every week.